Hello. Now, this episode particularly goes out to the women in the UA community. And if you're not a woman and you're listening, please don't tune out because this episode will help you as well. And at the very least, it will help you be a good partner to any female that you might be doing your project with. All right, so let's dive in. Welcome to Get It Right with the Undercover Architect. This is the podcast all about designing, building or renovating your home. I'm your host, Amelia Lee. Think of me as your secret ally. I am on a mission to help you create a home that makes your life better, whoever you're working with and whatever your dreams, your location or your budget. Together, we'll uncover the nitty gritty of how to get it right and how to create a home that works, feels great and that you feel great in. So join me now. A recent report that was done by Ernst & Young estimates that by the year 2028, women will control about 80% of discretionary spending worldwide. That's 8-0, 80%, four-fifths. And look, to be be frank, I recall as far back as 2006, uh, I was a chair of an industry committee with the Urban Development Institute of Australia, and we commissioned research that Suncorp sponsored, uh, which was all about finding out the purchasing power of women in the property industry, so around renovating and building and uh, buying homes as well. And we found that at the time, when it comes to property, women either controlled or heavily influenced 80% of the purchasing decisions. Let me repeat that. Eight zero, eighty 80%. It's a big chunk, isn't it? And yet, you know, and I've experienced this personally, when it comes to our own projects, we'll often find that designers, salespeople, builders and tradespeople still want to speak to and listen to the man of the house. You know, I have had tradespeople, not knowing that I'm an architect, tell me that they'll just wait until my husband is home uh, to get instructions on a job from him, even though it was me that actually organised the job. And, you know, know, I've had other experiences where they tell me the most outlandish stuff when they're quoting, thinking that I'm a mum with a baby on my hip and having absolutely no idea that I was an architect. Now, I know that I'm not alone in this and I've had a woman get in touch with me to ask for tips with a bully builder. You may have seen me sharing those tips on my Facebook page, on Undercover Architects Facebook page. You know, she'd been dealing with difficulties uh, with him in how he was treating her and how he was dealing with the tradespeople. And she was really fearing pushing back in case he left her project half done, you know, he left her out of pocket or both. And she was feeling totally over a barrel as a result in her project, creating her home. And I've also had women tell me time and time again that they actually just can't get a tradesperson or a builder to explain things uh, to them simply without using a bunch of bamboozling jargon. And I actually had a woman named Melissa who got in touch with me and she said it like this. She actually explained her greatest worry about building or renovating this way. What she said was, it is going into a contractual deal where it becomes obvious that I have no experience in this field and they have all the experience. Therefore, they can easily pull the wool over your eyes. To be more blunt, they can rip you off. And as a woman on her own building a house for the first time, I feel like I have a big target cross on my forehead saying easy. Uh, it's just the most horrible way to think about embarking on and carrying out your project. And 
you know, I know that it's how many homeowners feel, particularly women, and it's what they fear. And it's why starting your project can take forever. You know, not only do you have to navigate a bunch of industry stuff that you've never experienced before and wrap your head around the investment of the cash that it's going to take, you also have to overcome an internal fear of what could lie ahead in the various industry professionals that you have to find, employ and deal with. I want to share this with you though, okay? Whether you're renovating or building, if you are walking around feeling like you have a big target on your forehead, that is going to change how you behave and who you are in your project. Now, you won't feel confident or in control, obviously. And in fact, you know, most of the homeowners that I see in this state are feeling like they're walking around with a big target on their forehead. They just dread the idea of renovating or building their home. But what's happened is they've reached some kind of moment where it's just actually become absolutely necessary for them. They've been putting it off and putting it off. But, you know, because really any contact that they've had with the building industry um, or any horror story that they've heard just reinforces that feeling that it's going to be a terrible experience and uh, and that, you know, they're just waiting to have people pull the wool over their eyes and rip them off. And it, it, it means that they just sit in this state of total dread and fear before starting their project. And it, it just dramatically changes how I see them navigate it, the kinds of questions that they ask, the kinds of people that they talk to, and the kind of outcome that they get as they move forward in their project. Instead, I want you to feel like you know what you're talking about, and I want you to sound that way as well. Now, that does not mean having all the answers, okay? Let me be really clear. You sounding like you know what you're talking about does not mean that you have all the answers. This purely means that you're knowing how to ask for what you want, which is what we discussed in the last episode, and it means knowing what to keep an eye on to ensure that you're getting what you're paying for. So I've actually got three key actions that I'd love you to consider before you embark on your project so that all of these initial dealings that you're having, all of these conversations and choices can achieve three things for you. All right. Now, these three things that you're going to achieve by doing this is you're going to get great service from those that you're hiring. You're going to know who and what to choose so that you get the outcome that you're seeking and you're going to feel confident and excited about your project, your team, and the home you're going to create. So these are the three things that we're seeking to achieve by you sounding like you knowing what you're you sounding like you know what you're talking about, all right? And we're ultimately going to avoid you getting the wool pulled over your eyes and ripped off, as Melissa mentioned earlier. So let me share these three key actions that I'm going to take you through. And remember, these follow on from our last episode, okay? So I, in that episode, I took you through three key actions so that you know how to ask for what you want. So if you haven't listened to that episode, make sure that you bookmark to do that as well because this uh, information that I'm sharing in this episode really builds on that and the two of them work in collaboration together. Now, Let's go through these three key actions so that you can sound like you know what you're talking about and I'll just share with you what they are and then we'll dive into a lot more detail about them, okay? So the key action number one is to find experts who meet you where your needs are at. Action number two is to decipher the jargon and action number three is to understand the steps, especially the early ones. 
All right. So let's look at that first one. Okay. Finding experts who meet you where your needs are at. Now, one of the most consistent things that I hear from homeowners who've had a great experience renovating or building is this. Their team was key in making their an experience, their experience a successful and an enjoyable one. Everybody that you bring on board to your project right from the very start will be helping you spend your money, okay? And how you spend it will determine whether it's an investment in your future or a costly mistake. And these people, they'll also be guiding your time and your energy and your levels of stress. Now, I've shared a lot of information on the podcast around your team and choosing them well. So I'll pop some links in the show notes for you to refer to. Now, I've seen so many homeowners, women in particular, not feel that they can interview or question their their potential professional or even the professionals that they've hired uh, in a nitty gritty way. They feel that they don't have permission to challenge them or to ask things to be explained in greater depth to them. You know, perhaps it's because they feel that their lack of expertise means that they can't question the expertise that someone has. Or uh, I see people worry that they're going to be annoying, they're going to be that client, you know, or that they'll put that professional offside at the start and that that will make the rest of the job difficult. And uh, it means that that professional won't want to work with them. And, you know, many homeowners will get in touch with me and they'll say things like, am I allowed to ask my builder this or can I ask my designer to do this? You know, they're really seeking permission from somebody inside the industry to ask these questions that are, you know, keeping them awake at night or that they feel are too dumb to ask or, you know, for some reason they're held back from wanting to sort of get these questions answered. Now, this is my usual answer. It's your money, it's your home, so that would be a yes. You know, the great professionals, the kind that you want to work with, they will not mind answering your questions, however small, however big, and they will definitely not mind helping you understand and feeling informed. And in fact, chances are you won't feel that you have to interview them because they'll be seeking to find out exactly where you're at and ensuring that your needs are met based on your experience and your requirements and your goals. You know, they'll be seeking to find out what the gap is between where you are and where you want to get to what your knowledge is, and they'll be helping you fill that gap with their expertise and experience. And what you will definitely not see is they will not be patronizing you or trying to confuse you or push you along against your wishes. And as long as you treat the professionals that you meet with kindness and with professional respect, you'll be able to spot these types of people that I speak to, I speak of, you know, the ones that are really seeking to find out where your needs are, and uh, and where your experience gap is, and 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 seeking to fill that gap, versus those that treat you like you should know more and make you feel, you know, small and and uh, ignorant, and and really make you feel like you don't have permission to ask the kinds of questions that you want to. I mentioned the treating professionals with kindness and respect thing because of this. You know, as many bully builders and tradespeople and even designers that I've seen, I've also seen bully clients. And I think that they generally behave this way because they think that's the way that they need to behave in order to avoid getting ripped off. And look, it's not. You're looking for a like-minded team where collaboration, open and honest communication and mutual respect creates an awesome working relationship and where you feel supported and informed and where you feel that you can stand your ground when you need to. All right. Now, 
when you're speaking to these professionals, I'd love you to use these pointers to help you sound like you know what you're talking about and to get really good intel as to whether they're going to be a good fit. Okay, so I'll go through these. Now, the first is gauge how they treat you. Do you feel like they're trying to meet you where you're at, that they're trying to understand your experience and your needs, that they're really asking a lot of questions to drill down into what it is you exactly want to do? Make sure that you're discussing money, your budget, you know, their fees, how and when things get paid, if there are any other costs that you need to factor in as part of working with them that they're not allowing for in what they're quoting or in how they're structuring their payments. Also discuss time. So ideally you want to understand their availability. You want to get an idea of the time to execute your project based on their experience with other similar projects. You want to ask them to take you through the steps of uh, how they work with clients like you on projects like yours. Okay, so step by step, what's involved? What's the timing? What will be your role? So if it's a designer, for example, you know, what's the program like? How many times will you meet across the course of the project? How long between meetings? How long do they normally take to get through their process? Say from, you know, that early first briefing meeting where you're talking about you know what you want to do with your project through to getting your first concept design presented through to construction drawings you know all of those different steps along the way you know how many reviews will they do how what's allowed in their fees ask them to provide you with a timeline or a program as it's also known in the industry and to put it in their fee proposal so that it becomes part of your agreement with them and the same type of conversation with the builder you know how long will they take in what kind of stages do they do it when do you have to pay how often will they speak to you during construction? You know, you're basically looking for a process. You're learning, of course, along the way what these steps are, but you're really testing that they have a process, that they have one, that it's practice and it's professional, and that they can demonstrate experience of doing it in similar projects like yours with clients like you. Then make sure that you also do all of your due diligence, you know, the referrals, the licenses and all of those types of checks as well. And in all of this, look for red flags. If they're not willing to answer questions, then they should be able to give a decent reason why. Because, you know, these are professionals and you should receive a professional service. And that means information in writing, you know, outlines of fees and commitments to timelines as well. You know, asking for professional service uh, in terms of the fees and the timing and all the other things that I've mentioned, this is a way that you can sound like you know what you're talking about and it's a way that you'll be setting the standard at which you wish to be treated and not just having to step into a substandard service because you didn't know any different. Okay, now action number two is to decipher the jargon. Look, every industry has its own language and terminology used and design and construction has to be one of the worst for this, I think, from names on drawings for parts of your home through to the approval process and also building techniques, materials and products. Look, seriously, there are so many weird words and phrases for things, aren't there? And to be frank, it's pretty alienating, isn't it? You know, I think it can just make you feel like an outsider when you don't know what the terminology and language means. And I've actually had homeowners say to me, you know, us mere mortals don't stand a chance, which is so understandable. 
But it's, you know, when it's your home and it's your money, uh, your time and your dreams, the last thing I would ever want you to feel is that you're a mere mortal. You know, remember who's funding the whole process, okay? Anyone that you bring on your team is ultimately being charged with helping you manage your risk and fill an expertise gap to get you the home that you're seeking. So at each phrase or part of your project, you'll find that there's a specific language and terminology used. You know, even something like a bathroom renovation, it'll have a bunch of jargon to understand that relates to materials, products, you know, building and plumbing codes and project requirements. And of course, for bigger projects like a, you know, a whole new brand, brand new home or a home renovation and extension, there'll of course be significantly more jargon to understand. Now, from designers talking about schematic design or design development through to builders talking about provisional sums, PC items, liquidated damages and practical completion, you know, this is all terminology that you will need to understand because not knowing what it means can result in huge and unexpected cost blowouts, massive legal liability, time delays and big amounts of stress. Now, Google can definitely be your friend in this scenario. You can find loads of glossaries online to explain the terminology. If you just Google, you know, building terminology or design terminology and your region, you will find glossaries of terms. But I also find that the most straightforward thing to do, because it's not like you can just tap into Google anytime during a conversation, uh, is to just speak up, okay? You know, I find that the fastest thing generally is if a professional or a builder or a designer or anyone in the in the industry is is talking to you in a way that you don't understand and they're confusing, then just ask them to stop and explain it in a way that you can understand. That, you know, please explain it in layman's terms is, of course, one phrase that gets used a lot. But for me, I just sort of say, look, can you just hang on a minute? I don't understand. Can you just please simplify that and just explain it to me step by step what you're talking about? Because I need to be informed in order for us to move forward and be able to make an informed choice or decision. And I can't do that until I understand exactly what you're talking about and asking of me. Now, you'll find that the good professionals in the industry will show you a courtesy and they'll they'll do exactly as you ask them to do. And the ones that you don't want to work with, they'll be impatient, they'll be dismissive and they'll be difficult about this. You'll probably see an eye roll or some body language that you can you know, perfectly sense that they're the expert and you're just the mere mortal and they're getting impatient, okay? Now, this is a great way at every step to sift and filter between the two. See the red flag, pay attention to the red flag, okay? Don't ignore the red flag and do something about it. Now, action tip number three is to understand the steps. At its most basic level, a renovation or new build project is like many things in life. It's a step-by-step process to get from where you are to where you need to get to. Now, the specific thing about renovating a building, however, is that you can't skip the steps. Uh, You can outsource them, uh, but each step still needs to be done if you want to get to a home worth living in at the very end. Renovating and building involves bringing together many, many puzzle pieces, lots of moving parts and people and processes. And like anything that you haven't done before, especially something that impacts your lifestyle and your time and your finances so significantly, it can be really daunting. And, you know, I'm never one to promise that it's just going to be a walk in the park that you can do at the drop of a hat. Uh, But I do firmly believe that when you're prepared and when you understand the steps and you have a reliable and experienced team on board, 
then it's definitely far more doable, far simpler and far more enjoyable as well. You can then minimise the stress and you can avoid the headaches and the pitfalls and your project becomes a really worthwhile undertaking for the future of your family and you know, when you get it right, it's just all so worth it. It really is. Sincerely, I say that after, you know, over two decades of saying this for homeowners time and time again. So how do you understand the steps? Well, for a start, you're in the right place. You're listening to the Undercover Architect podcast. And, you know, I share lots of information about the process of renovating and building, both in the podcast uh, for Undercover Architect and on the Undercover Architect website. And remember, if you do want me to personally coach you through my step-by-step process, make sure that you check out my six-week online course, How to Get It Right in Your Reno or New Home, that's on the Undercover Architect website, and the link will be in the show notes. Look, understanding all of the steps before you dive in, even before you speak to a designer or a builder, this will be critical in saving time and money and stress straight up and along the way. Now, I'll illustrate this with a real life example. Let me share something that a woman named Sarah asked me. What she said to me was this. Look, we are at least two plus years away from thinking about renovating. We've got big picture plans that will need a budget to match them one day. But we'd love to have some architect drawings done so that we have a vision to work towards and save towards as well. And without this, it seems hard for us to picture how it could all come together one day. Is this a waste of time and money at such an early stage? Are we better off waiting or asking a draftsperson friend to draw a few rough concepts for now? Then we will invest in an architect when the time is right and we have the budget to start. We're looking to make our 1960s style home more Hamptons in its vibe. We have big picture daydreams for a deck, a pool and another story added, but we're not sure how it will all work together given we are at such an early stage in our process. Without a visual, it's hard for us to work towards this goal. Now, can you relate to Sarah's question, you know, does this and her and her position, you know, does this sound like where you're at in your project journey? You know, whether you're looking to renovate your existing home or you're hunting around for land or a home that you can demolish so that you can build a new home, this may sound familiar to you. And so I'll share with you how I responded to Sarah. This is what I said. Look, some homeowners do spend two years on the design process, believe it or not, uh, before hitting go on approvals and building. So it's not unrealistic that you could start working with an architect now and just take two years to work through that process. However, you may waste a lot of time uh, because you haven't done some effective groundwork to prepare yourself, you know, your thoughts, your ideas, or got clarity on exactly how much you want to do or how much you want to spend. And so you could get an architect or a draftsperson on board, whichever one, but actually end up batting backwards and forwards or worse, getting totally carried away and chewing up unnecessary effort and energy and time and money with that consultant on board, paying their fees and, you know, everybody taking the time to do do it. And I personally find that and professionally find that it's it's best to not go cold to the professional, but to spend some constructive and structured time getting clearer on your brief uh, and your budget and how you see your project generally happening. 
Now, I'd only get pencil sketches done. I'd only recommend that you get pencil sketches done if you're actually able to provide the friend with a brief and a budget. Otherwise, it could be a bit ad hoc and pretty much stabbing in the dark. It really becomes a piecemeal effort and it can send you down a pathway that might not be the best route. And I know it can be hard because you just want to see what's possible. But if you're paying a consultant to do work, then you want to get bang for buck by maximising the benefit of what they spend their time on. Now, I hope that that helps you and I'll take it a little bit further because I shared a story with Sarah to illustrate this even more and it was a story about a recent experience that I had uh, when I was in Sydney uh, a little while back and one of my oldest friends, you know, a girlfriend I've had since I was five, she asked me some advice uh, asked me for some advice about their home. Now, they've lived in this home for some time. They've done a lot of work to it sort of here and there, you know, revamped the kitchen, uh, dug out underneath to put some garaging. But they wanted some more space upstairs and they don't have a lot of budget. They needed better car access to the front of the house and they were also hoping for a bit more of a coastal look. She's never loved the front of their home or the way that it presents to the street. So we wandered around and we chatted about some ideas and I did these sketches for her on my iPad whilst I was on site. You know, I have this app on my iPad that lets me take photographs of um, of an existing, say, you know, house looking at the street um, facade and then I can overlay it with yellow trace inside the app digitally and then I can use my style pan- stylus to sketch over the top and sort of show how the front of the house could change. Now you may be saying that sounds awesome, that's exactly what we want. <laughs> but let me just say, hang on a minute, okay? Because at the end of the day, yep, I was able to do these things for her. But to be, you know, to be perfectly frank, they will still need to get existing drawings done for the sketches that I've done to be turned into anything useful to get estimates or to get more detailed resolution. They'll need survey information of their property so they know where the boundaries are and where, and where you know, if they can actually do what I was suggesting because it'll have an impact on their boundary setbacks. They need to find out from council, you know, what the approval track is based on how much they decide to build out, based on how much they decide to change. You know, they need to understand the timing and the cost for changing their front facade uh, and what the application route will be and they need images of their preferred style so that they can actually inform how the front of the house was looking. I was just doing some rough sketches to sort of give an idea of what was possible but you know that may not be to their aesthetic taste, it may not be exactly the detail level that they want and they need a significantly better brief and budget as well to really direct how these sketches develop. Now for my friend you know her hubby he's been trying to get her committed to doing something and of course I wasn't charging any money and so this was helpful for them you know they were having a quick chat about it all and she really struggles to visualize things as well so she liked seeing this but what was really interesting was we then went for a drive that afternoon um, we were going to do something else and we were driving around and she was saying to me you know um could it look like this she'd see a house and she'd say could I make the front of my house look like that you know could we do this could we add this could that room upstairs be this and you know and in fact it was actually getting her more confused she was you know starting to see what was possible and it was just opening up this whole other can of worms and you know my response was yes we can you know we can do anything <laughs> if your budget and your councils and your site and your house will allow it you know can you see what I mean 
you can actually open up a really big world with loads of possibilities. And so creating a framework that's based on your brief and your budget and realistic site and house information, that will actually enable you to have some ability to sift and filter all of those possibilities to see what will actually suit your goals so that you don't waste time and energy and money that could be better invested in actually making your project happen. I find that when people start like this, when they start with the sketches and they go cold and they let the designer lead that process and they don't get clear on it, they are literally caught up in that phase for so long and waste so much time and energy that renovating your building becomes this behemoth of a thing. And that's that's the that's the path to disaster. That is the path to, you know, mistakes and to frustration. Because it just takes forever to go that way. It is so possible to do it far more efficiently uh, and far more simply with far less headaches if you start differently. Okay. Now, Sarah replied to me after I shared this information with her and uh, she said to me, look, the temptation is massive to want a visual now, but we are better off doing the groundwork with the survey and getting measured drawings first uh, of the house. As you say, it's less fun, (laughs) but there's more a chance of being realistic to help inform what we want, what we can afford and what we're allowed to do one day. And then she added, sigh, adulting can be so boring sometimes, can't? (laughs) And I did have a laugh at that last bit because adulting can be boring sometimes. Um, But Sarah did add that she really did feel that they've actually now prevented themselves from wasting a lot of time and money. And see, that's the key. When you know the steps and which ones to take first in particular, it will fundamentally impact how successful your project is, the time that you spend on it, the money that you spend on it, and the outcome that you create in your finished home. The last thing that you want to do is spend two years going in circles with a designer in a design phase, creating something that is actually not feasible or really what you wanted and chewing up all of those funds that you could have been spending on your finished home instead. All right. Now, if you're listening to this episode on Tuesday, the 6th of February or 2018 or before the 13th of February, 2018, and you're keen to get my help with getting started on your renovation or building project, I'm actually running a seven day challenge and you can join it for free. All right. So I'll be taking you through these first key steps that you need to make in your project so that you don't waste time or money. And it will not only help you sound like you know what you're talking about, you will actually know what you're talking about when you start to speak to professionals about your project, okay? So the web address to join the challenge is www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash seven day challenge. And the seven's the number seven, seven day challenge. And I'll pop that link in the show notes as well. So you can join up if you're listening to this between the 6th of Feb, 2018 and the 13th of Feb, 2018. Okay, so let's wrap this up. Now, remember how this started? It was because Melissa told me that she felt she was an easy target to be ripped off and taken advantage of as she embarked on the journey of building her new home. There's an American novelist uh, named Alice Walker, and she wrote the book The Colour Purple, uh, among other works. And uh, The Colour Purple, uh, if you recall, got turned into a movie that Oprah Winfrey starred in. She's got Alice has got this great quote uh, that came up actually on my computer the other day. It said, the most common way people give up their power is by thinking they don't have any. 
Now, it may not feel like you have any power at the beginning of your journey, especially as women, to navigate the jargon and the complexity of renovating or building your home. But please don't feel that way. Okay, you do have the power, but perhaps you just don't have the sufficient knowledge or know-how. And that bit, that bit is totally fixable. It's your home. It's your money. It's your future. And it's the future of your family who'll be sharing that home with you. Okay, so remember these three key actions. Number one, find experts who meet you where your needs are at. Number two, decipher the jargon. And number three, understand the steps, especially those first ones. This is how you'll start to get the knowledge that you need so that you can not only feel and sound like you know what you're talking about, you can actually know because that's how you'll be confident and in control of your project. Now, in the next episode, I'm going to be talking about privacy when we renovate or build our homes in terms of actually being private about the process and the judgment that we all fear throughout it. So stay tuned for that. Thanks so much for joining me here on the Get It Right podcast with Undercover Architect. Now, the doors to my six-week program, How to Get It Right in Your Reno or New Home, they're going to be opening soon. And this online program is a supercharged way to get the education and information you need to understand the process of renovating or building your home. Plus, get my help and advice on your project. From, you know, the very start of finding out what's actually allowed for your home and your site, through the design process, through how to find the right team for you and check their credentials, you know, through to getting your approvals, the nitty gritty of navigating those things in your design that are really going to make the difference, navigating your budget, getting your project built and how to know that your project is finished and the builder can leave site and you can maintain your sanity throughout all of it. You know, this program will outline the steps that you need to take from start to finish so that your project is a success and your home feels great and you feel great in it. I share the key lessons that I've learned from over 250 of my own projects, many more that I've studied and analysed and more than two decades of industry experience. And so you can understand the pitfalls and the mistakes to avoid, you can skip the heartache and the drama and you can know that your effort, your investment and your planning will all be worth it in your beautiful finished home and I'm there alongside you for your six weeks membership as well to answer your questions and to really rocket launch you further along in your project so to be the first to know when the doors to how to get it right open head to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash waitlist and pop in your email address I'll make sure that you're notified as soon as we open up the program for our next round so that web address again is www.undercoverarchitect.com com forward slash waitlist and I'll also pop that in the show notes. This has been Amelia Lee from Undercover Architect. Thank you for tuning in and for letting me be your secret ally. Until next time. Bye.